You know the number one thing that kills any sort of high school sports team? You, you want to know what the number one chemistry killer is? The number one divisive topic is? All my athletes know this. It's the coach's son. You see, the coach's son was invented in 1944, right after during the Great World War of World War II. And it's been terrorizing countries everywhere, honestly, really. You thought COVID was bad. The coach's son, no matter how hard you practice, he's going to get more minutes than you. He's going to take more shots than you. And he doesn't even have to work as hard as you. You see, in the games of sports, specifically, specifically basketball, you're trying to win at all costs. You are trying to get the W. And to do that, you need the best people for the job. However, no matter how good you are, that coach's son is going to be right next to you. And you better figure out a way to win and get your minutes while you're on the team. You see, the normal average player, they learn and accept the reality that if I want to play sports, if I want to come up and be one of the best players, there's always going to be allocated minutes to the coach's son. So with that being known, with that being the way that the game is set out, I got to be beyond or better than a reasonable doubt better than the coach's son. And that's how I will make a mark on this team. You see, that's a lot of our early introduction to the magical word nepotism. That is, you get a job through nepotism is you getting it through a family member, a relative, a family friend, an acquaintance, some way of getting into the job without actually really deserving it through relationships. Merit is when you get the job or the position through your own skill. And in the real world, ladies and gentlemen, merit doesn't really exist. It does, but it doesn't. It does, but it doesn't. I mean, one of the scariest things is you look in the NBA, 70% of the players are black. But look at the coaches, the trainers, the staff. You're telling me that with all these black players, still the coaches are like 70% white? It doesn't make any sense. It really doesn't. Ask any friend who tried to break into the sports marketing world or the sports management world. It's all about relationships. That's the name of the game. And if you're born into relationships, if you know the VP of Maple Leaf Sports Entertainment, you know the VP of ESPN at Disney, that intern level job, that senior management position, cakewalk. This intro brings me to this fascinating article on NBC titled, Wells Fargo CEO Ruffles Feathers with Comments About Diverse Talent. And I will read it. Wells Fargo and CEO Chief Executive Charles Schwaff exasperated some black employees in a Zoom meeting this summer when he reiterated that the bank had trouble reaching diversity goals because there was not enough qualified minority talent to participate, told Reuters. He also made the assertion in a company-wide memo June 18th that announced diversity initiatives as nation nationwide. Protests broke out following the death of George Floyd, an unarmed African-American man in police custody. 
And he said, the CEO said, while it might sound like an excuse, the unfortunate reality is that there is a very limited pool of black talent to recruit from, Schwartz said in a memo. Essentially, the CEO of Wells Fargo said that the reason that there is not a lot of black people within Wells Fargo is there is just not the talent around to recruit from. Now, the most amazing thing about this sentence, the most amazing thing about the statement is that the natural reaction to this statement, yeah, he's probably right. <laughs> isn't it the natural reaction? Like, think about it, isn't it the natural reaction? Come on, what? who are the smart people? They're, you know, the Asians, the, the Indians, you know, think of the Harvard people, are black people at those schools? What are the pop what are the populations? Are they there? We're thinking they're probably right. That's what we're thinking, right? But we never ask ourselves, why do we think that? You know, I did a whole series. You know, my season four was based around why CEOs end up CEOs. And the key word is nepotism. You see, to get to these positions of power, to get into these circles and get these positions, it's not about merit. It's not about your skill. It's about nepotism. And while we're talking about this situation where the CEO of literal Wells Fargo says that he can't find black talent, the one thing you should be realistically asking yourself about that statement is if you're the CEO of a bank company, you're in charge of a company that does the most complex financial transactions in the world. We're talking about mergers and acquisitions. We're talking about like IPO issuing. We're, we're talking about literally the most complex things. They create financial instruments out of the air. They literally create science with money like it's it's magic that's what they do they, they do financial wizardry they handle all this stuff they make sure all their books are balanced and you're telling me with all those skills with the talented most hugest pool of smart people that you have the privy to use as your resource you don't know how to hire more black people you see this is a dog whistle to our inner prejudice, where we believe that there aren't talented black people out there. But if you just stop and think about statistically, that makes zero sense. If 13 to 20% of the population, 13% of Americans, 20% around in big cities, if 13% of those people or 20% of those people are black, that means one out of five or one out of eight of your employees, especially your senior management, should be black, especially because you're creating products for not only black customers, but black businesses. If all of your executive staff is from Boston, if all of them are from New York on these, you know, these very, um, you know, segregated communities that don't interact with a lot of people, how are you going to create these small business products that give you an edge 
in the marketplace. There is a reason why companies like Shopify and Google are dominating and Facebook are dominating the small business game. And they're allowing these non-financial institutions to get into the finance institution game. And it's because you are severely overlooking segments in the states that could have immense growth growth prospects. You see, I was reading on Reddit, you know, just to see different people's reactions. And, you know, one of the reactions was, you know, people are too sensitive. People are correct. People are right. You know, that's one of the side of the reactions that were kind of agreeing with the CEO. Like if he can't find limited, you know, if he can't find black talent, he can't find black talent. But let me read you another reaction, a testimony of you will of someone who went through this process. So this person's, um, his name is Ernophilia, whatever that means. <laughs> it probably means something, I don't know. But anyways, that's their name. And this is what they wrote. They said, when I finished my master's program, I had an interview at Wells Fargo for their real estate finance team. It was around Robin style. So they would have a new interviewer come in and interview every 15 minutes or so. When it was my turn to meet with the VP of the department, he told me, Thank you for coming in. You are smart, but we don't typically advance black candidates because when they get into roles, they think they've made it. And they stay in that role forever, not allowing us to bring in new talent. It clogs up the hiring pipeline, but thanks again for coming in. The guy then said, in my head, I was like, uh, what? But all I could do was laugh nervously haha, and wait for the timer to run out so that the interview would be over. They send me a rejection email. By the time I got home, I wonder if they brought me in just to check the mark on some equal opportunity interviewing requirement. I've never told anyone about this. Looking back, I should have reported them to my school since they heavily recruited for my school, but it would have been my word against his. That is why Wells Fargo doesn't have any black talent. You see the incestuous, the nasty, the evil, ominous thing about what that person wrote in Reddit about their personal experience being a black employee just trying to get a job at Wells Fargo was that because there was no black talent around in Wells Fargo, not only did this black candidate get discriminated against, but almost even worse, the executive believed what he was saying. And believed it so deeply that he felt what he was saying was fact enough to let the black candidate know. Like, do you hear the insanity of this experience? And the reason why I'm, I'm saying, you know, going talking about this is this is why systemic discrimination in society is so much bigger than just a law that you can point at. And it's so much bigger than not just being not racist, but actually anti-racist. You see, a lot of these things have to be intentional. A lot of the things that we have in our system, such as you think about affirmative action programs, trying to get more equality in, a lot of that hasn't been intentional. And when you look at the statistics, a lot of them, you know, you look at these companies who have these sort of things in place, a lot of these diversity hiring in place, a lot of these companies, when they report the diversity numbers, they, like Wells Fargo, reports them 
in total diversity. And what do they consider diverse? Women and LGBTQ and Hispanic and normally and black and normally who gets in when it's that's your diversity quota. The biggest beneficiaries of affirmative action have been white women and white gay men because it ticks their boxes and they're not intentional with who they're hiring. With all that being said, I'm an investor, okay? I'm putting my money into these companies. I don't care as my cold calculated investor part of my brain about who they hire. You could hire literally the mouse who plays Mickey and I'd be okay if he gets me my 20% return a year, baby. I'm a capitalist, baby. But it is so obvious that in the climate of the 2020, 2020, what this next decade coming up, if you are not able to create a diverse workplace, you are going to be left behind. What makes Silicon Valley really explode in talent is their ability to integrate literal immigrants on K-1 visas into their companies and work because they're able to just hire the best talent globally and get them into an atmosphere where, of course, there's a lot of different cultures around and they can all feel somewhat comfortable. If you're a company doing the all boys club in the 2020, you are so close to getting to a scandal. It's like, how is your risk management team not atoning for this? And the crazy, biggest, craziest perspective I see on these hiring things always is, well, why should they hire, you know, a black person in one of these roles? Why should they hire them? If they're not qualified. Let me let you in on a little secret. As me, someone who's in the corporate world, let me let me let you in on a little secret. Out of all the people that they interview every time any company interviews for a job, there's always about 10% of them that could have done it where the HR person could have chosen any one of those top 10% and any one of them could have done the job and any one of them would have been good. Do you really think the HR is some magical wizard and knows the exact person who do the best in the job? No, they just tick the box and they take the person who they think is the best. And a lot of times I've personally been, been in positions where after I was gone, the person who fills my position or someone within my organization, literally the reason they got a job is because there was a referral from a VP or a CFO. And, you know, they were a family friend and then they got the entry level position. And that's how it works in the real world. It really is. And I'm here to tell you, there is nothing wrong with nepotism because jobs aren't like this crazy thing that not a lot of people can do. If you have a university degree in finance accounting, you can probably do most entry-level finance accounting jobs to a mediocre average level. No person is going in a first year of a company and making a tremendous difference. Even in high 
high stakes jobs like consulting or investment banking, there's not a crazy amount that you can do to overachieve to impact the company in a ridiculous way. There just really isn't. So as long as you are mediocre and average and you do a mediocre and average job, you've earned that position. And guess what? Top 10% of applicants do just fine. I would make an argument that literally there is no applicant that overachieves in their first years of that position. There really isn't. And if you're at the place where you can't even get diverse talent in the door because you refuse to hire them because of internal prejudices, then what does it say as us as investors if we don't look at that as a potential weak points in our investment strategy. I think one of the craziest things that I learned recently actually was uh, Steve Jobs' parent was a Syrian immigrant. <laughs> what? That's insane. He didn't even really have a relationship with his biological father. Insanity. And as these companies realize that America, specifically the reason why America overperforms. When you look at, just look at, don't look at GDP. GDP is one thing. Look at the capital assets that America has. It's like 120 trillion. Outpaces all these countries. No one's even closer. 120 trillion worth of like assets. Uh, or is it assets or net equity? One of the ones. The net worth of America. Let's look that up. And the reason we have all these companies sprouting up is because America is able to hire the best and integrate them better than any country in the world. Any country. America can take you. You can like grow up in Kazakhstan, have a university degree in Kazakhstan, come to America and work just fine. And that is the great strength. And as always, the best, most brightest investors are the uneducated ones. Why is that? That's because the uneducated investor, they never stop learning. Have you heard this Wells Fargo CEO comments? What do you think about it? Do you think that he's kind of onto something? Or do you think that mm, maybe he's kind of on something? Let me know. I'm at Flight Stew on Twitter and we, Flight Crew, gotta take off, baby.